0: Welcome to Enemies from War to Wisdom. Why do we need enemies? From intimate relationships to politics, tribalism, and community, we cannot seem to stop dehumanizing each other. Chronic conflicts in our families, societies, and nations seem inevitable. In this podcast, we analyze human hostilities from the most mundane to the most sophisticated. We apply psychology, psychoanalysis, art, spirituality, and relational theory in conversation about belonging and otherness. Each program will reach for a fresh wisdom that shows us how to step back from creating enemies in our lives. I'm your host, Eleanor Johnson, a videographer and artist with Emma Troop, an experimental theater group in New York City, and I am here with my co-host, Polly Young-Eisendratt, Eisendrat, is a psychologist, Jungian analyst, author, and speaker. We approach our ideas each from our own worlds, but always from the spirit and teaching of Buddhism, of which we are lifelong practitioners. And probably kind of drawing a parallel now from, from you know, this this wisdom to what's happening in our culture right now in terms of free speech. I mean, in the sense that it's being so censored. Or, you know, again, going back to, to the cancel culture or, you know, people losing their jobs for, you know, standing in their truth as they understand it and as they've experienced it. Well,
1: it is harsh speech. It's divisive. It's calling out someone else's faults, which will obviously create than harm. So there are other ways to handle, this is the issue, there are other ways to handle the issues of hate speech other than censoring what people can say. So, you know, we're in a time where speech is being censored because the idea is that you shouldn't say anything You should be censored if you say something that someone else thinks is disinformation or misinformation, or that you should be censored if you say harmful and slanderous things about somebody else. You know, if you say things about them... Well, part of the problem is that a lot of the cancel culture is slanderous, but it's not censored. So the things that are censored are things that are regarded as problematic by the people who are setting the rules. And so who's setting the rules on a lot of the censorship um, is these internet companies that control internet media. And so it's more those companies that have set certain rules for what's allowed and what's not allowed. So that some of the irony is that very slanderous things are said about people under the guise of non-hate speech. You know, so that that saying something, accusing somebody of doing something to you in a public way without allowing the other person to tell their story would be slanderous. So that kind of thing is happening right now, and it's happening under the guise of we're going to eliminate hate speech. We're going to... um, We're going to legally say you cannot say certain things, which is censorship. So that kind of leads us into the First Amendment where we were a few minutes ago, and uh, the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, which involves speech. And it also involves assembly. So do you want to read the First Amendment? It's, it's kind of simple, but it has a lot of implications.
0: The one here where it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right to people to peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances.
1: So, why don't you read it again in okay. just uh, because it the the issue, of course, first takes up religion, the freedom of religion. Congress then, uh, shall you,
0: make no law respecting an establishment respecting, relig- an, uh, respecting
1: yeah, an establishment uh, of about.
0: religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. Right or the right of people peacefully to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances.
1: So first, the very first thing it's saying is that the the US Congress cannot establish any religion, or dictate anything about religion. So, it's one reason why the country was started, right? Right, exactly so that people could freely practice exactly. whatever their religion right, was, right. and they, they, that wouldn't be dictated by the government. So the very first part of this First Amendment is about religion. But then the next part
0: is speech. It follows right on the religion one, right? Right, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech.
1: Abridging the freedom of speech. So to abridge the freedom of speech has been interpreted as censoring. And, you know, all sorts of things have come under this issue since this was established as the amendment in 1791, I think. I think that's what you said earlier. At the time that that was established, the, the First Amendment, there wasn't a real understanding of what forms... Uh, censorship would take, you know, as things evolved in the in the country. So over time the Supreme Court has ruled again and again on an interpretation of this First Amendment. So it's it's actually been applied to cover everything from pornography to school speech. All so, kinds
0: of violence too, yeah. Well in terms of that which creates violence. You
1: mean speech? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, you mean it? I'm not sure what you... Because it's all... The interpreting. I mean, that's...
0: Again, I mean, the complexity around people wanting to limit free speech when it created violence or created direct hatred or... or thing, I mean, that's... Yeah.
1: Well, so that hasn't yet come yeah. before the Supreme Court.
0: Right, right. Wait, right. we're just in the
1: right. middle of right. this thing happening. But the things that the Supreme Court has ruled on over time, where they've where they've given the right of protection through the First Amendment... Right has been about censorship of various kinds of writings, pornography, film, various kinds of speech that takes place at school, and then the, the kinds of things that have been limited have in regard to speech have had to do with advertising and marketing. So over time, this First Amendment has been interpreted in various rulings through the Supreme Court of the United States, and by and large, the protection of speech has been expanded not narrowed, right? So it's been expanded to include a lot of things that people in 1791 wouldn't even have thought of making public, like right. like right. journals and diaries and pornography and things well, I that, it that were pornography yeah. and and Howell and you know various poems and plays and so on. So again, each time that was argued before the Supreme Court, what happened was. The idea of free speech was expanded to include protection for people to be able to speak this way. The, the only narrowing was around marketing and advertising because that could confuse people. So now we're in, a, we're in a moment in time when there are two aspects of the First Amendment that are very, very much threatened. One aspect is the right to speak freely. Of things that other people don't want you to say. And those things might be, let's just say, uh, you know, anxiety about vaccines. Vaccine hesitancy is one of the things that has been censored when people actually talk about their anxiety on the internet. That speech has been censored off of Google and off of, of YouTube and so on. The other kinds of things that people are being censored for may have to do with like J.K. Rawlings talking about the issues that surround gender and whether you can have some kind of biological basis for gender. Those things are getting censored, just speaking about them. And there's there are a lot of other things that are actually a part of conversations that would need to happen in order for people to understand Some of the things that are coming in right now, like, you know, different kinds of of medical technologies, AI, different kinds of robots, also transgenderism and transsexuality and so on. All of these things are just new, they've only come on board in the last, say, five years in this way. But there's been a restriction through censorship about being able to talk freely. So, when you talk about marketing and
0: advertising, Say um, having the freedom to talk about you know more dimensionally, say five G. Well, in other words, to yeah. be able to discuss it so that it could be you know. That's
1: what I mean. So the marketing and adver- the, what the marketing and advertising in regard to this particular amendment. So it's where marketers have been restricted in the promises that they can make. So advertising has been restricted. Uh huh but almost every other kind of speech has been extended. Uh-huh. That
0: was So like that's confusion. what I was trying to yeah, make right, that right, point. Right, yes. Yeah. So
1: like I can't advertise myself as a psychologist. I cannot say that I bring good results because that's an overextension of speech. Uh-huh. Oh, because yeah. that's advertising myself in a way that I can't be sure will be true in the outcome. So th- there are in when it comes to marketing and advertising, some speech has been constricted through the First Amendment. But by and large, most speech has been protected. So that's where I was making that I distinction. See, yeah. So, But when it comes to something like 5G, of course there's a huge amount of marketing out there which has not been restricted by the First Amendment. And I'm sure that they, they pay attention to what they can say because very often if you listen you'll hear it it will say something like it may do this or it may do that like a vaccine may protect you from this or that it doesn't say it does protect you so they're they're following the restrictions on marketing and advertising that come through the first amendment but they're following them in a way that people may not really notice right but the restriction of not being able to talk about what the problems are with these new interventions. There's been a restriction and censorship online for people simply talking about, let's say, the dangers of 5G radiation. Right. Or what actually is the technology that's in these new vaccinations. Those kinds of things have been restricted and they have been censored. But that's not constitutional. The Constitution the first amendment would protect that speech so the idea there is that the government is actually not behind the censorship because that that would mean if the government were behind it it would be a violation of the first amendment i see and so the the idea that these media companies Get around this by being private media companies is the issue. They really are not private media companies because all of us are doing business on them all the time and we can't do our business otherwise. That's right. So, you know, when it comes to that First Amendment protection of free speech, all of us should be actually speaking through right speech, really questioning whether this kind of censorship is really protected by the First Amendment or have we lost our rights in the First Amendment? And then the second part of the First Amendment that's important is assembly. So what does it say about assembly that you have the right to freely
0: assemble? People peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances.
1: So ever since the COVID-19 thing started, the government has told us how many people can assemble anywhere in a restaurant, in a church and everything. Right, right, so we've been, right, right. we've been told how many people can assemble. The right to assemble was one of the rights that America wanted to maintain for its citizens so its citizens could freely get together to talk about their criticisms of the government. And that would never be stopped by the government itself. Now the government has intervened supposedly for our health and protection. But again, you need to speak freely about what is the limit of health and protection when it comes to not being able to assemble and get together and talk freely about things that are of concern. So in both the, uh, the, the protection of free speech and the protection of the right to assemble, the First Amendment should be studied by everybody and spoken about in a way that allows people to take up the issue of how speech is related to wisdom and truth. Because if you cannot speak freely about things you don't understand, or if you cannot question directly things that you oppose, you actually cannot learn to think about what is true, and you certainly won't learn wisdom because you will be confused. So any kind of lie actually misaligns with reality. So you're told one thing and then something else happens, and that becomes confusing. If that lie is told over and over again, you start to have the sense it must be true because it's been told so many times, but it doesn't align with your experience. So then that throws you into that state of not being comfortable, being stressed, trying to protect yourself. And that's where a lot of people are going because Our free speech, our right to talk about things that are upsetting us, confusing us, and so on, that free speech has been censored online and censored in ways even in regard to the press that has never been censored before. Uh, and do you
0: think people are not freely talking with one another? They don't have the right to assemble because of the the virus and uh, the dangers of it, but that they're doing that through through the internet privately. I mean not through I mean, they're finding ways to be in dialogue with others through through the internet, through their use of Zoom, through the way that they're building community now online because they can't meet in person.
1: So one thing I would question is, The issue about not being able to assemble in person, particularly if people are vaccinated or they know that they have immunity, you know, and the part of the problem is, again, in regard to the way the COVID virus has been presented to people, you can never say you're well. You can never say after 14 days, I'm well, or I've had it and I'm well now, or I have a vaccination, I'm well. You can never say I'm well. You, you always have to wear a mask. You always have to social distance, which actually is supposed to signal that you're contagious. So the fact that you can't say I'm well, and you can't just assemble freely, is a problem. That is a real problem. And it's a problem that goes against, not just free speech, but also any kind of scientific logic. Because if you cannot say, if you can't falsify your statement, like if I say to you, I'm well, but I can never say I'm sick, then I can't, that's not true. I can't talk like that. That's just, you know, let's say a fantasy. So in the similar way, if I'm always indicating to you I could be contagious, then that's what's happening happening, and that's like a delusion. Everybody looks at everybody as though they're contagious. Most of the people walking around on the bike path and everything, they're well, they're well but the signal is that they have you have to protect yourself from them. So all of that is very confusing in yes, regard to yes, getting together and talking with friends and you know assembling in a group and so on. And so what about assembling on the internet? Well, part of the problem is that all of that information is stored. So mm. anything you say on the internet, you know, we know from from Snowden's book permanent record, all of the information is stored. No. Who's gonna look into that information of what you're saying? Maybe nobody in your lifetime, but as Snowden points out, three generations from now, if somebody wanted to data mine what you said in a Zoom meeting, they could find it. Because these data are not existing sort of like bricks in a wall. They're tiny points of energy, and you can unpack them by mining into them. So by forcing all of us onto the internet for all of our conversations, all of our conversations are potentially surveillable. And again, many people don't get that. It doesn't matter if you're encrypted for privacy or whatever. Everything is being picked up, and most of it is being picked up by Google, Facebook, Microsoft. It, not, I mean, Amazon taps into it, but it's, it's the same companies that are actually distorting and censoring They're also picking up all of the information. So anytime you interact with the internet, and once we get into virtual reality and so on, it's not like you are just getting the benefit. That technology is picking up all of your data and putting that into storage permanently. So that really limits free speech. And in fact, when I do do Zoom therapy, I tell people, don't talk about anything that you're doing that is illegal. Don't talk about it, right? Yes. because I don't know who could yeah. Yeah. potentially ever listen yeah. to our Zoom therapy well, I remember session.
0: at a certain point in my own life where I, I, I started a kind of standard of measurement and I started using with my emails, I thought anything that I write in an email, would I be willing to let it be on the front page of the New York Times? If it passed that and I said yes, then I was fine. And, but but I've been very for years now. I've been very very careful in terms of what I feel, you know, in terms of my own privacy. In a sense, knowing that once it goes out on the on the internet, once you send it through, you know, a text or an email, that it's. it's but out so there. what
1: you said a few minutes ago about people talking freely on the internet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that's right now because with all the stuff with Zoom, I find it very, yes, I mean, I'm aware of that, yes. It's... So,
1: so you cannot speak freely on Zoom? No,
0: you don't. You're I not mean, speaking
1: yeah. in the same way you would in your privacy?
0: Yeah, in the I room. don't. I mean, a lot of people do, but I don't. Well, I I don't I'm. Feel... what
1: I'm saying is yeah. that nobody right. should feel that they're completely speaking freely when they're speaking on Zoom. Because all of that is potentially censorable and surveillable. And a lot of people
0: don't, you know... Of course they don't realize it. No, Or or like when people say, well, why can't people realize that? Or whatever, but people are just... No, they don't. It's too inconvenient.
1: Well, so the infringements on our free speech are pretty serious right now. And if they get more serious, they could get into the kind of censorship that would be interactive with your bank account, your health records, I mean all sorts of things as they are going onto the internet could be interactive with your speech on the internet in a way that could punish you and and actually control you. Yeah. So because of things that you have said, yeah.
0: and so we, in a sense, we're pushing the boundaries of 1984. In other words, what what we thought about when in no, well, we're way beyond 1984. Orwellian, yeah. you know. I mean, that's like that's old school. That's
1: really we're that's, way beyond we're that. We're way, way now. beyond that yes, now. I we mean are. That's like yeah. it's old school. I that's mean, to right. think,
0: oh, it's going to be like that. No, no it's, it's it's beyond. We that. can't. It's almost like you can't. If you don't, if you don't pay attention, you have no way to realize potentially what could harm you.
1: Well, actually, the the fact is it's already harming our society because getting back then to right speech and how right speech is connected to wisdom, when you're able to speak to others and you're able to speak freely and you're speaking the truth and you're speaking it kindly and you're also not doing a lot of idle chatter, that's the way you discover wisdom. And without that, When you're anxious about your speech, or your speech is potentially used to to do something against you because it's censored, or because certain rules have been put in place that you can't say certain things, like you can't say anything about vaccine safety, say, then how can you learn even what you think about vaccine safety? Because to learn what we think, We do have to speak, and we do have to speak freely, sometimes still while we check to make sure that we're not just lying. But when people come to therapy, for example, we begin the process of therapy, I say, just tell me anything that comes to mind. Now, at this point, I'm not in any way thinking they're applying right speech from a Buddhist perspective. I just want them to tell me in words what's coming to mind. And that is called free association. That is the basis for actually becoming conscious. right, And so to be able to say what's coming to your mind, to run it through it, to be able to, to practice it with somebody else, gives you the possibility of knowing your own mind and right. knowing yourself. It's, yeah. And then speaking freely with others about the things that interest us and about the things that are confusing, and particularly about new technologies as they impact us. That freedom will allow you to become wise or become confused if you misuse it, or if it's censored, or it's used to punish you, then you really can become confused about what's actually true. So, you know, the the protection of free speech as the First Amendment to the Constitution has been one of the most important aspects of our country, not just democracy, but of our particular democracy, because. The way our democracy was established, even though it wasn't perfect, was that it was established so that individuals would have the right to pursue their own happiness and their own freedom, that that right would be protected by our government. And so these are the rights, these fundamental rights that were the reason why the country was established are being undermined now. And I'm thinking
0: back, you know, to the time when we, we had more freedom to be able to talk about abortion rights. Well, Or yes. I mean, where we didn't, you know, we didn't have to feel we had to go underground to talk about what we could be more open uh, around all the pros and cons and yeah. all of that. And and I mean, now it's gotten a, a lot, a lot more uh, restrictive. But but in the in the well, not in
1: yeah. terms of talking about abortion. I mean, yeah. that was protected yeah. by the Supreme well, that's, Court. Yes. And so actually, that's not a, an issue anymore right. to right. be able exactly.
0: to right exactly. Well, that was you know,
1: yeah. But but the idea of getting an abortion that has been and contested, yeah. and yet you know, still protected. That there, there is that right. 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 But in order to establish any of these other rights that have been protected by the Constitution, that first right has to be protected because you have to be able to talk freely in order to understand what's safe and what's not safe. No individual and no corporation can understand the truth just alone. It's not possible because humans are so imperfect and we all have our just little subjective lens. So we need each other, we need dialogue, we need to be able to say what we experience and then ask somebody else, well, what do you experience? And the most important people in that process are the people who believe things differently from ourselves exactly, because they're gonna bring a different world and we're all human and we're all subject to impermanence imperfection and the whole of our conditions here. So, you know, it's like every human being who is having an experience of this pandemic is a valuable source of information. And so if we're ruling out some 70 million people from being able to talk about their experience or to be able to ask questions, then we're ruling out a big part of reality. So you, you can't just let go of a whole bunch of people because they disagree with you or they disagree with whatever the system is at that moment. And that's why the Constitution is protecting right. this right. So free speech can actually operate well if you follow some conditions for right speech, if you try to speak the truth and, and speak it kindly. And um, a lot of people will say, well, then how do you get people to stop using hate speech? The way you get people to stop using hate speech is that you change their minds.
0: Yes. You have to
1: talk to them. Yes. And you have to see what it is that's promoting that in them. Exactly. And, yeah. and everybody is really reachable if you can go, if you can spend enough time with them. you know. And of course, there are a lot of people that, you know, you won't be spending time with, but this kind of protection of speech means that in our country, people used to be able to get together and talk about what it was that they were questioning and be able to freely say what comes to mind. And now that we can't assemble, that we're talking only over the internet, and that there's a lot of censorship, a lot of people don't feel free to do that at all.
0: people are very afraid to yeah. to speak their mind. Right openly. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And if they're doing it on yeah. the internet
0: you Or they're know, just getting they, or they get so triggered they then go into conflict avoidance or all kinds of things. They they silence themselves. Right, right, right.
1: And so then they don't actually have the And then confidence. they go into trauma. Yeah, right,
0: right, right. And then they come to you, Polly. Yes, well, yeah, not, <laughs> a, not everybody
1: it. comes to me, oh, but my goodness. the the, the main, These are
0: very serious. Uh, it's a time. very serious. Very this serious is a very times. serious
1: issue yeah. around yeah. speech, and so you know, I I believe that there is very much a path for humans towards non-hate when it comes to speech, and I think that's the path of following right speech, right. but that right speech has to include being able to speak freely about what someone finds to be true right. in their experience, and then to, to find out from somebody else what's true for you. And it's got to go back and forth. Right. That's the path to wisdom. Right. Right. And any hampering of that right. by censoring people just actually cuts off our
0: path to right. wisdom right. and increases the possibility yes. of war. So, yeah. And so know. it continues what we've been talking about now for um, over a year in terms of enemies. Oh, yeah, wisdom.
1: yeah. so, you know, I, I hope very much that there is an alert about our First Amendment rights and how everyone needs to go back and read something about the First Amendment and realize that the ability to speak freely and assemble freely is at the basis of our democracy. And so the, the, the pursuit of our own sort of health, happiness, liberty, and so on depends on speech. And, and the pursuit of truth spend, depends on speech. So it's not that speech is in any way a trivial matter. It is as important as happiness and health. Yes, Because it course. leads to yes, wisdom. Yes, so, yes. Okay. Well, Holly,
0: this is really quite a teaching. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for tolerating it. It was a
1: long, long one, but I think we got well, it's to... It's the first time I've read
0: the Bill of Rights. I mean, I knew the First of reading yes, it, yes. Right. But thank you, Paul. Thank okay. you Okay, Eleanor, thank you. Thanks so much for listening. And to continue the conversation, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find past episodes of the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and CastBox. Enemies from War to Wisdom is recorded and produced by Chris Coltrane.